Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs. And become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 6. If you're just joining us, I'm your host, Eric Peabody. We're now well into the spookiest month of the year, and I hope that you've been enjoying our journey through the Halloween month together. Tonight's story is a horrific tale of both revenge and possibly redemption, and introduces us to Jacob and his brother Cody, who are on the hunt for a man named Terence. Terence has committed a grave sin that has changed Jacob and Cody's lives forever. However, as they find Terence and bring him back to an abandoned church, 
They soon discover an evil that stains the once hallowed ground. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today to get instant access from our friends at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Did I mention they were ad-free? Thank you for your support. And now, from author Alan McDaniels, I give you The Church. How do good men go bad? What drives someone to commit acts of evil? At what point does one surrender to their demons and select the option of seeking cold-blooded revenge? As he sat back in the ripped leather seat of his brother's pickup truck, he held a polished revolver in his right hand while his mind pondered these very questions. These questions had burned within Jacob's mind for the past five years. How far would he go to rectify a wrong done to him? One that shook him and broke him down, like the cheap plaster he slammed his drunken fist through on multiple occasions. There was no doubt his mind was at war. For years he had fought primal instincts to slaughter, while a man named Terence Creed rotted in a cell. Jacob wished, plotted, and even prayed for a chance to change his environment. From concrete walls and bars, to dirt and worms. Jacob's older brother Cody was driving the truck as part of Jacob's master plan for revenge. The two were on their way to unleash their own brand of backwoods justice. Cody had entertained his younger brother for five years, listened and nodded while Jacob drowned himself in his own misery and rum, hoping to drown out the darkness within him that or embrace it. Cody was slightly taller than Jacob. The two almost twins years ago would be near-perfect matches, giving most people a hard time telling them apart. However, as time passed and Jacob succumbed to his depression and indulged his drinking problem, his once slim and fit figure now added extra weight around his stomach. His brown hair was cut down short with no care, giving him a makeshift, half-hearted buzz cut. His trimmed goatee had grown into a bushy beard that he didn't bother grooming, and his blue eyes, that once beamed, were now dim reflections of a broken soul. Cody, however, kept his long brown hair combed and pulled back into a ponytail, his face clean-shaven. While maintaining some light, his eyes often flickered with a shared hatred for the man that they were on their way to visit. The two drove down the back roads, heading into the hometown where Terence stayed. He had only been out a couple of months, and after various late nights of scouting, they found his addiction had returned even though now he stood a free man. Where was Jacob's justice, or his wife's? 
or his sons. No, they were gone, buried in beautiful caskets, while the man who so selfishly got drunk behind the wheel and took everything from him, took everything from them, was free to try again. What bothered Jacob the most was how a man could end two lives so recklessly and be given a chance for redemption. That was the reason for tonight, for the guns, for the rounds Jacob placed into the cylinder and prayed over, asking God to bless his sight and ensure each one met its mark so he could finally finish this nightmare. While it would not bring his family back, perhaps it could bring him something he had not felt in so long. Peace. The plan was simple enough. Terence was often seen here almost every night. He would pre-game at his rundown apartment, gorging on top-shelf whiskey, then head to the bar for any kind of company. Jacob suspected that he either wanted to pick up women or he wanted to hear someone's voice other than his demons. Regardless of the reason, they pulled into Sinner's saloon and waited. It was a dilapidated building slapped with a fresh coat of paint and filled with various spirits to combat one's own. Nothing fancy, and certainly not in the middle of this forgotten town, which was a bonus. Considering the bar was on the outskirts, it would be easy enough to grab him and take him back to the location they had scouted months ago, driving down numerous dirt roads. They waited for an hour or two, sitting in silence, both watching the entrance like snipers for their victim. When he finally emerged, Jacob could hardly keep his composure. He immediately sat up, gripping his large revolver and staring at the man, who was swaying slightly. Terence was taller than both Jacob and Cody, and more muscular, too. Despite his heavy drinking, he still maintained relatively good shape. "'You remember the plan, Jacob?' Cody asked, looking over at his brother, who sat on the edge of his seat, his right hand gripping the door, fingers begging to pull it open so he could leap into action. "'You distract him. We jump him.' You throw him in the truck, and I take his vehicle and follow you to the church, Jacob said, trying to hide the fact that he was nervous. Jacob hated himself for feeling anything but rage, but now, watching the man only a few feet away, he could not help but hear the last glimmer of good in him crying out to stop this foolishness. Terence stumbled over nearly tripping over his own two feet as he made his way to his small black car, parked only three vehicles over from Jacob and Cody. Let's get this started, Cody said, opening the door and stepping out. He changed his demeanor, one from military precision to that of a man who was buried in booze. With fake sways and snickers, he walked over, checking his pockets and acting frustrated. Hey, bud, got a light? Cody asked, only a few feet away from him. Terence smiled, then followed with a nod before fishing one out and walking over. When Terence was within arm's reach, Cody reached out, grabbing the man by the back of his neck and throwing him towards the truck. 
Before Terence could react, Jacob was out and waiting for him. As he crashed into the rusted red pickup truck, Jacob was on top of him, slamming the heavy metal revolver that glimmered in the night sky against his head. With that, and the booze already at work against him, Terence fell to the ground, knocked unconscious. Cody and Jacob looked around for a moment to ensure they were alone before Jacob pulled out a pair of cuffs and handcuffed Terence's hands behind his back. The two loaded the man into the truck before Jacob fished out the keys. Sooner we get this done, the better, Cody said, adjusting Terence so that he would not be able to interfere with his driving if he came about sooner than planned. Following you, brother, Jacob replied, tucking the revolver into his pants and throwing his shirt over it to hide it from prying eyes. Jacob grabbed the keys and got into Terence's car as the smell of whiskey tickled his nose. Looking back, he noticed several bottles scattered on the floor. Most were empty, but a few still retained half or more, proving Terence's lack of change, despite what he had caused. The sight only fueled Jacob's hatred, and on any other given day, he would feast on his own anger. However, tonight, much bigger plans were to unfold. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever. And so is finally moving in together. Just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities. Lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They might even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them. Because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com. The place to find a pet-friendly place. About 20 minutes later, they arrived at a beaten-down and discarded dirt road. The two had used several out-of-the-way back roads to ensure that no one would follow them. Jacob was initially worried, watching Cody's truck bounce up and down from large rocks and branches scattered about. 
Sure enough, Terence's small car handled the challenge well, and the two arrived at an old building surrounded by towering pine trees that sheltered them from most of the stars. Jacob got out of the car and walked over to assist his older brother, who was already working on getting Terence out. The two each grabbed an arm and began dragging him over, when Cody quickly covered his mouth and nose. Jesus, the smell! Cody gasped, breathing through his sleeve. The two were hit by the stench of something rotting away, filling the air with the harsh odor of death. I think he crapped himself, Cody moaned in disgust. He looked over at his younger brother, who was staring at the ground ahead of them. Jacob shook his head, turning his attention over to Cody. No, it's them, he said, nodding his head at the ground surrounding the church. As Cody looked over, he saw an array of dead birds surrounding the building like mulch. Some were mere bones while others were swarmed with ants and other insects ripping away at their flesh. You don't think the place has some kind of virus in it, do you? Cody asked, slightly concerned. No, if you look close enough, they all seem to have broken necks. I guess something attracted them to the building, maybe a shimmer of the windows and roof, Jacob responded. Cody wanted to believe that. But as they approached the church closer, he could see just how old the building was. The once white paint was peeling to near nothing, exposing rotting wood. The windows were all shattered, leaving shards of glass both in and outside, and from what he could see of the roof, the moon's light revealed just sheets of rust. Still, he did not argue with his brother. This was his night. And in all honesty, Cody just wanted this all to be over. He hoped that they would have a chance at a normal life again afterward, like before. A loud static sound burst from behind them as they approached the door. It was Terence's car. The lights had gone out, but there was still a faint glow from the interior. They almost dropped Terence as the two spun around. When the static cleared, they were about to walk over, but just then an old-style hymnal rang through Terence's radio. The most frightening yet beautiful vocals rang through the night. The two stood there in shock for a moment before Cody looked over at his brother. I didn't take him for a religious fellow, Cody said, trying to make light of the situation. Even drunk, he tried to make peace with his demons. Jacob huffed, turning back around as the sounds still carried through the air. What about the radio? Cody asked. Jacob shrugged, placing a hand on the doorknob. Let it play till his battery dies. They entered the church as the smell of dust, rotting wood, and mildew filled their noses. The red carpeted floors were faded, with patches ripped up. The shattered-out windows allowed light to shine through with ease and gave them enough of it to see despite the moon's peak. Towards the back of the church, which seemed larger on the inside, was a black altar, and behind it, 
A large wooden cross with chips and cracks ran along it as it watched over the building. Great, that won't keep me up at night, Cody sighed, looking eerily at the cross that seemed to stare into their hearts and souls. Ignore it. We'll finish this soon enough, Jacob said, a coldness to his tone. Where do we put him? Cody asked, readjusting his arm to get a better grip. Jacob thought about it for a moment before a smile spread across his face. Throw him in front of the altar. Let him confess his sins, Jacob answered. Cody did not bother protesting. At this point, he would let his younger brother play whatever game he insisted on. He just hoped that tonight did not change him for the worse. He already felt bad it had happened in the first place. He was Jacob's older brother. He was supposed to protect him. When he had learned about the accident, all he had felt was failure. So he told himself that whatever it took, no matter the risk or the cost, he would be there for his brother and make this right. Cody tossed Terence's body to the ground with a loud thud. Jacob growled when the man did not respond, ordering Cody to slap him around a little to wake him up. Cody did not argue, as normal, and instead got down on a knee and began smacking the side of Terence's face. After a few moments, his eyes began to flutter open as panic set in. He screamed, crawling back until he collided with the altar, almost knocking it over. Good morning, Cody said with a grin. Where am I? Terence asked drunkenly, looking over at the two. Church, Jacob beamed, finding pleasure in his answer. Terence looked over at Cody, scanning him up and down, studying his features, then over to Jacob. His eyes landed on the revolver in his hand as he felt fear rise in the back of his throat. He went to say something when a third figure standing towards the back in an all-black robe just stood still. One could argue he was a statue, if not for the sinister feeling he exuded. Who's that? Terence asked, staring at the strange figure lurking towards the doors. Jacob and Cody shared a look of confusion before turning around to see nothing. I think you hit him too hard earlier, Cody said to Jacob, who just shrugged in response. What do you want from me? Terence croaked. Eye for an eye. Good thing you got two. Jacob growled, taking a few steps toward the cowering man. Terence was about to speak when his face froze, not in fear, but in a startling revelation. Oh, God. I knew it. It's because of them. You're the father, he said with a remorseful cry. I was before you took him, took her. Jacob paused for a moment, studying the fear written plain as day on Terence's face. Do you remember their names? He asked, tilting his head in curiosity at Terence. Terence did not have to think hard. 
It was something he was burdened with. The guilt that ate him alive every waking moment of each dreadful day consumed him and made him remember everything. Alice and Stephen. She was 34. He was 11. Terence said, tears streaming down his face. Good. I'm glad the booze didn't take them twice. Jacob sneered hatefully. I deserve this. I won't beg. I I won't dare ask for mercy because I don't deserve such favors. But I will ask one thing. One miserable, depressing thing. Terence said, sitting upright. Jacob raised an eyebrow in amusement. He hated it, but he was having more fun than he would have liked to admit. Let me guess, to make it quick, Jacob asked, his thumb rubbing the small ridges on the gun's hammer. Terence couldn't help himself as a weak chuckle slipped out. (sighs) No, God no. I want a drink. Jacob's eyes flared with hate as he raised the revolver to Terence's head. That's what got them killed! Got you here! You expect me to feed into the same monster that caused this? Jacob roared in anger. Terence shook his head, his tears beginning to trickle down slowly once more. I don't expect you to understand. I drank to forget. I know what I did to you was earth-shattering, and I don't want pity, but I never had it easy. Abused and tortured until I fled and joined the military, only to watch my closest friends get gunned down. Of course I drank. Who wouldn't drown out the vile this world gives out so freely? What I did was unforgivable, and I accept that. I accept this. Please don't make me face it sober. Jacob started to yell in pure rage when the sound of the joyous hymnals flooded the room. The three looked towards the door, expecting it to be wide open, but as they stared, the dry, rotting, and poorly painted slabs of wood remained shut, the music now blaring louder than before, so loud that whatever lyrics there were, they were now inaudible, vicious screams. The hell is that? Terence questioned in fear. Jacob had to cover his left ear with his free hand as he turned back to Terence. Your damn radio! He shouted. Terence looked at him with confusion, not understanding this statement. What he had said was impossible. My radio's dead. It hasn't worked since I got the car, he said with a look of worry on his face. Jacob just stared at him. Was this some game he was playing? Perhaps he was trying to scare them off, looking for a way to survive this like any piece of scum would, seeing how he could measure his way to freedom. As he thought about it, he couldn't escape the idea that Terence wasn't just trying to trick them. Maybe this was real, and the building they had chosen had something lurking about, toying with them. He growled to himself and shook off such ideas. He was never one to believe in ghost stories, and tonight, of all nights, 
He wasn't about to start listening now. Go turn that damn thing off! Jacob barked at Cody. Cody looked over at Jacob with a face that tore through his rage. It was the first time he had gotten that look from someone so close to him. It was a look of sadness. Not for Cody nor Terence, but for Jacob. Jacob wanted to address it. Part of him wanted to argue and spit venom back for receiving such a look, while another part of him wanted to bury himself in shame. However, he was denied the chance either way, as Cody kept his head high and walked away, following his brother's orders. The church had two doors, one on each side of the altar. Not knowing which either one led to, Jacob gambled and dragged a non-resistant Terence to the door to the left of the altar. Once alone, Jacob turned back to Terence and yanked him off the floor. Pushing the door open, he found a small room that served as an office of sorts. Bible verses scattered the walls in the form of paintings. A small cross was pinned directly behind an old roll-top desk. Jacob threw Terence to the ground. Still not fighting, he simply edged himself back to the wall and rested upon it. This has gone on long enough, Jacob spat, waving the revolver around. Then be done with it. I won't protest, Terence sighed. Jacob growled like a rabid dog as he paced back and forth. Stop acting like this is no big deal. I'm about to take your life, Jacob bellowed. Terence just nodded in response, his face emotionless, looking as if he had achieved something Jacob could only dream of, like he had found peace. I hate you, Jacob roared. You took everything from me. I have nothing now, nothing left. Jacob shouted as he fought back tears. I can't imagine the pain you feel. Regardless of your intentions, all I can hope for is that you become better than me. I couldn't handle failure, sorrow, or disappointment. I took the easy way out, the coward's way, and drowned every feeling I had. I know you hate me. I understand it. I just don't want you to bear the same burden. The bottle is a gift and a curse. Often it tricks us into believing lies, and we become dependent on them. So, no matter what happens, don't drown yourself as I did," Terence said with a soft and sincere voice. Jacob went to scream but couldn't muster up the will to do so. Words had failed him. As he stood there, eyeing the man who had murdered his wife and son, seeing the pain and guilt that engulfed him, he could only see himself. A poor soul without a purpose was a painful reflection that was struck with the power of lightning itself. Jacob fell to his knees, silently sobbing, I can't do it! He roared out with all the hate in his heart. I don't understand. This is what you want, Terence said, 
surprised by this turn of events. Jacob sobbed, shaking his head. No, I just want my family back, he croaked. Silence fell upon the room as Jacob sobbed quietly, and Terence observed, with surprise and hate of his own, that he wanted this. He wanted to end it all. He had tried to kill himself numerous times, but failed to find the courage. And it was that feeling, that sorrow, that they both shared. Both wanted to die, but neither could go through with it. The music stopped as Jacob pulled himself together. This isn't the way. I don't know what is, but my wife... My son deserve better. I can't take your life. Jacob sighed, wiping the tears from his eyes. Why not? Terence asked, disappointed and outraged. Jacob smiled, sniffling, trying to regain control over his emotions. It's not mine to take. It never was. You're a miserable drunk. Hell, we both are. That don't make this right. When Cody comes back, we'll let you go. Jacob stopped turning his full attention to Terence. Report me. That's fair. Please don't drag my brother into this. It was my idea. I hated you for taking them. I hated you so much I was blinded by it. I had become what you were. A miserable drunk trying to forget, trying to repent. Jacob smiled again, seeing the dark, twisted humor in it all. Terence shook his head. He couldn't believe what was happening. He practically signed the approval for this, prayed for it even, and now he was stuck to waking up another day in a world that sickened him. You should kill me. Terence sighed. Maybe, but I won't. Jacob shrugged. A loud thud caused both of their attentions to be cast upon the door leading to the church's main room. Jacob raised an eyebrow in question before checking it out. Terence sat there alone and was disappointed with how things had unfolded. He himself had begged for death but found no success, and now he waited, still handcuffed, trapped in his own thoughts. What the hell? Cody! Who dares? Jacob boomed so loud that Terence nearly bolted up, still in cuffs. In a matter of seconds, Jacob rushed back in, digging in his pockets. What happened? Terence asked not sure what the cause of the alarm was. Someone's here. It wasn't me, and it won't be you. I don't like you. Fact is, I hate you. Now, I won't kill you, but someone might kill us both, and I'll be damned if I go easy. Jacob growled, turning his attention back to the door with his revolver firmly in his grasp. Who? Terence asked rising to his feet. Jacob shook his head, not wanting to respond, staring out into the doorway as if waiting for someone to poke their head through. 
Damn it, if this is a game I'm through playing, just kill me and be done with it. Terence yelled, pushing past Jacob and walking out of the room. Jacob called for him to stop, but he didn't listen. As he approached the main room, his gut tightened, his heart rushed, and that voice inside his head screamed out. He should have listened. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The cross that watched over the empty pews now had a new addition to its feature. Strung out? No, there's a word for this, Terence thought. Crucified. On the cross was Cody, strung out like laundry to dry. His neck was clearly broken, eyes wide, frozen in fear as blood trickled slowly from his eyes and nose. He had large, rusty nails jammed through his hands and feet, securing him to the cross. The blood dripped from his still-warm body onto the floor below him. Terence's body shook as he stepped back. He nearly screamed out when he collided with something behind him. He looked back to see Jacob standing there, his eyes fixated on his brother, dead on the cross. Who did this? Terence asked with a shaking voice. That's not right, Jacob said. Of course it's not right. This isn't murder. This is demented. Terence yelled back. Jacob shook his head and then pointed to the floor below his brother. The blood was being absorbed, as if the church itself was drinking his blood as it slowly dripped down. No sooner than it hit the carpet and wood, it was sucked up. No puddles or stains. It was just gone. We need to go, Terence said, grabbing Jacob's arm. He only came here because of me, Jacob whined feeling guilt bellow up inside of him. It's too late for that now. Trust me. I know regret. We can deal with that later. Terence pleaded. Jacob was about to respond when his eyes turned to the black altar that was once covered in dust, now gleaming with a polished shine. While that in itself was cause for some concern... What Jacob most worried about was the bottle of whiskey sitting perfectly upright on top of it. That yours? Jacob asked, pointing to the bottle. Terence looked over as his eyes filled with tears. Maybe he brought it in. Jacob shook his head. Someone is playing with us, Jacob growled, feeling rage overtake him. Terence shuffled over like a wounded dog and grabbed the bottle. This, this is hell, Terence mumbled, 
twisting the top off, smelling the bottle as if to test to see if it was real. The sound of the hymnals returned. This time, it seemed to pour from the walls itself. The two huddled together, looking around. Do you see this? Terence asked as he watched the paint return to the walls. The faded red carpet regained its color. The glass shuffled around and began to repair itself, as lights appeared from seemingly nowhere and began to illuminate the building. In a sense, the church had come back to life. Jacob didn't respond. His eyes watched shadows dance around the corners of the building, dashing along the walls as if they were kids playing. Multiple dark specters clung to the wall, dashing around them, moving like mocking, twisted shadow puppets. What the hell? Terence yelled, watching several people of various ages emerge from the walls themselves, pulling themselves free from the shadows. All of them wore red robes and held lit candles as they walked past the two and began to fill the pews. Let's go! Jacob yelled out, grabbing Terence's arm and leading him to the other door to the right of the altar. He swung it open and headed down the steps, dragging Terence behind him. It was a poorly lit area leading down, as the smell of mildew and rot nearly overcame them. As they ran down the steps, the echoes of the singing entities chased them down. Jacob stopped a few steps away from the bottom as he looked out ahead. What are you doing? Terence asked, overwhelmed with fear and confusion. What happened here? Jacob asked in a low and frightened tone. Terence and Jacob stared out to see that they were making their way to the basement, now flooded with black water, reeking of death itself. Floating in the water were various corpses. Some appeared as gray floating bobbers in the water, as if one was fishing. For some, you could only see the skulls popping up and down, as if it was a sick game of peekaboo. Terence and Jacob covered their noses as the singing sounds drew louder and louder to the point that they had to cover their ears. One of the bodies, a sick, graying, bloated creature, popped its distorted head up, chomping down on cracked and yellow teeth before flailing its arms to swim over, eager to take a chunk out of something fresh, something alive. Jacob stood his ground, watching the abomination swing broken and twisted arms, sending black water splashing about. Jacob raised his gun and was pulling the hammer back when Terence grabbed him, pulling him back up the stairs. Terence managed to pull Jacob back upstairs as Jacob kept his revolver trained on the creatures swarming below. Terence slammed the door shut as Jacob now pointed his gun on the crowd forming behind them, all wearing blood-red robes with their faces covered. They took seats still clenching their candles. While they had only been downstairs for a few minutes, the church now seemed to have just opened, with everything looking as lively as it would have years ago. 
What is happening? Terence asked in a panicked cry of a voice. I don't know, but anyone who touches you, knock their teeth down their throat. Jacob growled, waving the revolver from person to person. The two stood there, waiting, watching for something, when the singing drew to a brief silence before turning into a low chanting of something neither of them could understand. Kill them! Terence yelled, standing side by side with Jacob. I only got six! Jacob growled back, his eyes watching each creature, waiting for one to attack. The chanting grew louder as the faces, still cloaked by the red hoods, all turned to them. Each one reached out a bony, rotting finger, and all at once, they screamed. It was an unearthly, ungodly yell to be found only from the bowels of hell itself. It was ear-splitting, the high-pitched yell causing Terence to collapse to his knees. Jacob fought to pull him back up, but failed as the sound pierced his ears and dug into his brain. Where did you take me? Terence asked, having to yell just to be heard. Jacob did not respond. He was still waiting for one of them to lunge forward so he could put at least one of them down. While he had begged for a meaningful death in the past, fighting whatever these were was not ideal. The screeches stopped as a final figure pulled itself free from a shadow that clung to the front door. He was tall and bony, wearing a dark robe and could easily be considered the Grim Reaper. He did not walk, but glided over, moving with grace past the congregation, all with their heads down. He didn't acknowledge Jacob nor Terence as he passed them, taking his place behind the black altar. Friends, we thank the Lord for the revival we have been so gracefully given. He spoke with a sibilant hiss. While he appeared as a dark entity cloaked in evil incarnate, his voice was low and surprisingly eloquent. The figure turned his head to the two, and beneath the cloak, they saw a dark gray grimace spread on a decaying face. His eyes were pale yet lively with a reddish tint. His head was shaven, chunks of flesh missing in various spots, one even revealing a cracked skull with a piece of the brain being feasted on by some sort of beetle. Worms stuck out from his hands and neck, and his mouth opened slightly. You could see maggots swarming about as if they were a mouthful of candy. Now we shall feast on the sinner's sweet, tainted, and rich blood. He smiled as a maggot squirmed free from his mouth and fell from his lips. You killed my brother? Jacob asked, staring at the demon, giving no signs of fear while Terence began taking gulps of the whiskey, determined to die with the taste of the burning liquid on his tongue. You saw to his death the moment you stepped foot in our house. The figure replied with an evil grin. 
Jacob could not help but take a glance over at his brother, who, even though he had only been dead for twenty minutes, now showed signs of decay that would have normally taken months. Jacob nodded, fighting back tears. Fine, I'll take that as a yes, he sneered. Take it as you wish, child. None of it matters anymore. The figure smiled as the congregation began to hum in a deep tone. It'll matter all right. You die first, Jacob growled. Terence paid no attention to the interactions between them. His only focus was on scarfing down as much alcohol as he could. Whatever happened next, he wanted to be numb to it all. You cannot kill me, child, the man exclaimed with a grin. Let's test that theory, shall we? Jacob growled, pulling the trigger. Terence almost dropped the bottle as he was sucked back into the moment. He looked over to see the bullet rip flesh from the man's face. The entire left side was now bare of any flesh, with maggots pouring out onto the floor. He stood, giving a pleasing grimace. What the hell are you? Jacob gasped, taking a step back as the congregation grew louder. I am what you fear, what you both tremble from. You act like men, cower behind a bottle, and now you face me, the savior and consumer of souls. He boomed the church's windows, shattering, sending glass out like shrapnel, slicing away at some of the congregation's flesh and robes. Terence stood there, shaking like a newborn baby in the cold. Fear had hijacked his body, his heart, and his soul. He looked down at the bottle to see he had already drunk half of it, and yet he felt no effect. The door... Jacob whispered as the figure stepped away from the altar, slowly making his way toward them. What? Terence asked, confused. The door, Jacob repeated louder, this time pushing him ahead. The two darted as the congregation stood and hissed like a pit full of snakes, some lunging forward as Jacob and Terence threw them back. The two made it to the door. Their hearts sank as they tried to pry it open, but failed. A deep, thunderous laugh echoed behind them as the man headed down the aisle toward them. You cannot escape death. I have come to collect. My house will rebuild with your life, and your tainted souls will bring new life to myself and my flock. He sneered triumphantly. I am so sorry for the damage I've done, if it means anything at all. You deserve to be happy, Terence said, looking over at Jacob. Jacob turned from the figure, now halfway towards them, and gave him a smile. I forgive you, he replied, a single tear falling onto his cheek. Terence faced the man hovering towards them with the promise of death, and stood proud, his mind begging for him to flee or at least finish the bottle. 
But as he stood his ground beside his enemy, he felt solace in the fact that they would go out as equals. Terence thought about that for what seemed to be hours when Jacob snatched the bottle from his hands. His house, right? Jacob asked, ripping a piece of his shirt off and stuffing it into the bottle. He needs us to rebuild. What happens if we tear it down first? Jacob asked with a smug grin. The creature must have figured out Jacob's intentions, as they watched his eyes glow into a fiery red burning through his hood as he outstretched his arms and let out a devilish cry. Jacob pulled out a lighter as the creature grabbed hold of him, sinking its yellow fanged teeth into his throat, ripping away chunks of flesh and causing blood to spill out over the walls and floor. The congregation hummed in delight as the church feasted on Jacob's blood. Jacob didn't scream. He didn't cry or beg. He was still in this fight mode that amazed Terence as he watched, waiting to be next. Jacob pulled his gun and pressed it to his stomach, and within a second, he pulled the trigger, the bullet ripping through his own body and knocking the beast off his back. Terence watched in disbelief as Jacob fell to the floor. God, uh, light? He asked, giving a faint, weak smile. Terence frantically pulled one out of his pocket and tossed it to Jacob. He struggled at first as the creature rose to its twisted feet and snarled in anger. Jacob lit the rag as flames engulfed it. Earn this life, not for you. Jacob wheezed pausing to look down at the bottle burning in his hand, the blood pouring from his neck and the gaping hole in his stomach. He was finished, but that didn't mean he couldn't do one more act of good. It would be the first time in a long time, and even though he was already dead, he was happy. For them, he finished before tossing the bottle back as it crashed into the altar behind them. The man and the congregation heard a collective scream as the church began to shake in pain. The walls began to peel, the roof cracked, and chunks of it fell out onto the floor. Terence stood there in disbelief for a moment, seeing the proud smile on Jacob's face. In this twisted, painful moment, Terence knew he could feel it. Jacob had found peace. Terence went to help, but the floor collapsed before him, and the last thing he saw of Jacob was a smile before the smoke surrounded him, and he was lost forever. The flames took the church more quickly than expected. Within seconds, the unforgiving fire swallowed the walls and the creatures all. The man in the black robe flailed on the floor like a dying insect, his body turning to black ash before fading away piece by piece. The roar he made would forever haunt Terence, not as much as Jacob's smile, though. How could he be so happy, so calm? The fire was eating everything in sight. 
It consumed the demons and ate away at the unholy building, cleansing it so that none would endure the horrors within ever again. Terence fled the building, looking back at the fire swarm over the church. He could hear screams of the damned filling the night air as the church itself seemed to twist in agony. Terence wished that he could have helped Jacob, while in the beginning, Jacob and Cody tried or planned to kill him, and Terence had even hoped that they would. Now, as he took his car and drove far away from this place, he couldn't help but focus on the good men he left behind and how none of this would have happened if he could have fought his own demons. Years passed, and Jacob's final words echoed endlessly in Terence's mind, telling him to live not for himself, but for them. He attended regular meetings and would celebrate three years sober next week. Of course, he kept a dust-covered whiskey bottle tucked on his shelf. While originally he intended to drink it, now he thought of it as a reminder of not only who he was and what had happened, but also who he could be. He still sees Jacob from time to time. He sees him lurking in the shadows of crowds, or sometimes giving him a nod in his rearview mirror. Terence's favorite thing about Jacob's visits is the unopened whiskey bottle that collects dust. Every year since that day, on the anniversary, if you will, Terence noticed the bottle getting a little emptier over time. He thought it was Jacob having a drink for him. He likes that thought, at least. In the end, Jacob did more for Terence than he ever would have dreamed. Now, for the first time in Terence's lonely, miserable life, he lives. You've been listening to The Church by Alan McDaniels. You can find more of this author's work right here on our very own podcasting network. Well, everyone, that's it for this week, but be sure to tune in next week at the same time for more spooky stories. In the meantime, I hope that all of your Halloween decorating and trick-or-treat festivities have gotten off to a great start. After all, we still have a lot of this month left, and who knows where the horrors will take us. If you enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to me. If you'd like to hear a premium ad-free edition of tonight's and all of our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012, including past episodes of this program, all of our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases. 
all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thanks so much for your time and for giving our sponsors a try today. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show, and that means a lot to me. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. As for me personally, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, username Viking Guitar, and also on Instagram as Viking Guitar Productions. Until next week, listener, when we meet up once again atop the horror hill for yet another dance with darkness, I bid you good night. Sleep tight, listeners, and whatever you do, if you hear scratching at your door, don't open it. The darkness may have found you, but it's up to you to let it in. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was hosted by, and its featured tale performed by, yours truly, Eric Peabody. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Nikki McSorley and Eric Peabody. Finalization by Craig Groshek and S.K. Brown. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your work considered for future production. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, please subscribe to us to make sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on social media to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every week. And don't forget to hit the thumbs up button to let us know how we're doing and leave us a kind comment. Lastly, Don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archives and ad-free downloads of all of your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, you can hear more of my work on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights podcast. However, I will be back next week with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.